We had a really like lots of complaints and issues as a result of that. And I think it was interesting because our coach was like, I'm glad you guys didn't take any actions because a lot of other people would have went ahead and just fired this person, fired that person, done this, done that, maybe taken out a more aggressive approach. And, you know, that's not always the right way. So I think it's just always important to have. Back in 2006, we had this great idea of starting a digital marketing agency in VASP. We had no idea what our journey would look like and how our company would grow. In a turn of events, as if we weren't busy enough, a couple of years ago, we launched our SaaS company, ThickPie. Two companies run by a husband-wife team and stretched thin. Our life is crazier than ever. Join us every week on Boot Trapped, where we talk about running our two companies, the ups, the downs, and the lessons we learn along the way. And another week, new week, new episode of Boot Trapped. We didn't record last week because we were all over the place traveling. Ayat, how are you doing? Good, I'm doing well. Yeah, it's been a while since we've recorded. Yes, it's funny because I was looking, I'm like, oh, we didn't record last week. And you're like, yes, we were out traveling. So, well, let's start there. Tell us about your last week. Tell us where you travel. What has been going on with you? Last week was a personal travel. Spent it in Cabo, Mexico, which was really nice. But there's been a lot of things in the works. We've been working on a lot of things. And I have obviously updates from like the weeks before. So I'm going to share what we've been doing. So first thing is we've been doing something before you get. Okay. This is the second personal time off within two months, just for those who are keeping count. Because remember, I think we did something in December and you're like, it's good to take some personal time off because it brings you back refreshed and you do look refreshed. But having said that. Good to be refreshed. (laughs) I'm all about mental health and uh, staying above water. I talked last episode about Panorama, which is something that we had developed a while ago. But really, the idea of it is for us to be able to categorize the different experiments that we run at Invest. The different projects. We run A-B test experiments. We want to be able to categorize the problem areas that we identify. Like, why is this a a specific problem? How many other clients actually had the same problem? And we tested it with different solutions. So it's a very intricate, involved process, but we've been working on that and we've been having discussions that has been really, really interesting and enlightening. I'm excited about how this can really help us with our reporting and help us with providing better insights to our clients. Because if I'm able to share with clients that, hey, it's not only sharing with clients, but that's part of it. But I did this XYZ A-B test experiment and we've tested it on these different sites, these different verticals, these different industries. And we saw these types of results. Bringing that kind of into focus and then also looking at what solutions did I deploy there versus what solutions did I select? And is there a difference? And is there something that is a further consideration? So there's a lot there that could potentially bring just again, further insight, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Let me comments over here. I think there was a conversation earlier today about our book. And it's when we published the book, there was only two other books written about conversion rate optimization. And this is what back 2009. That's when we published it. And somebody was asking about the book and like, oh, you need to put out a new version. And I'm like, oh my God, how Invest as a company had grown from 2006 to 2000 and then from 2009 to 2024. I was going to say 2023, but this is 2024 already. It is just fascinating. And of course, as you talk about this classification problem, I think one of the more interesting things. So we have one of our senior CROs who joined us now. He's been with us for a few months and he had worked in another conversion rate optimization agency, came to us 
And we're showing him the categorization problem and then the trying to solve that and the revenue impact problem and all the experiments. And he was just playing with the data. And I'm like, man, you're like, you seem to be fascinated by this. He's like, you know what? I've always wanted to run, like look at those insights, but I've always worked with such a small data set. Now it's like a kid in a candy store. He's like, I have so much data that I can work with over here. And at some point, I think Invest had tried to look at, we always try and look for insights, but stepping back and having the team of six, seven people focus on the problem is just genius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it helps with the growth of the team. It helps with, of course, obviously, from where we started until now, the sophistication and the type of problems we deal with are different types of problems, the type of like discussions that we have are different types of discussions. So that's all part of the growth journey, which, you know, a lot of our listeners have been with us. We appreciate you guys listening through our struggles and our wins, celebrating with us, and we hope to continue that. But also you have to share, because within the same category, I think the team had a call today with one of the clients and he had feedback about all the results. And you have to share what he said, because it's always nice to hear that from clients. You think you're doing a good job, but when a client who had used another conversion rate optimization agency and then came to investment, I'm always wondering, I'm like, oh, you know, like you think you do a good job, but they think to yourself, oh, they're going to be comparing your work to the other agency and the other agency is very successful. And his feedback was... I mean, I don't remember the exact words, but I think he said they're brilliant. You guys are so brilliant. The win there is that, like you said, Khaled, he worked with a top CRO agency that we actually compete head to head with. And the fact that he's now working with us and he has this feedback of like just our brilliance and how amazing we are. And like he hasn't seen anything like that. Okay, we're doing something right. And it's satisfying. Sorry for the interruptions. I interrupted you so many times, but it felt good to hear that. It really did feel good. Sometimes you do work and you wonder, like, oh, are they appreciating it? Are we on the right track? And I think that's what we've been hearing lately. Absolutely. I'm very excited about that. Other things that I've been working on, we've been doing actually podcast pitching. So we're working with a company and I'm going to be on different podcasts. Excited about that. Always like talking about our entrepreneurial journey or um, just about conversion rate optimization. That's like, like the bread and butter. I have a conference that I'm speaking at. It's a virtual conference and actually just recently scheduled the recording for it. So I have to finish the deck as quickly as possible and submit that to them. And then also we've been doing quarterly assessments, which have been very interesting. So previously, you know, we just give feedback to our team and employees. However, with some of the changes we've talked a lot about, if you've been following us about basically compiled the roles and responsibilities of every job within Invest. And so based on those roles and responsibilities, we also released a quarterly assessment where everybody gets assessed on how do they line up with those roles and responsibilities, where are their areas of improvement, et cetera. And actually, we had been talking about this with our coach, Omar, and he mentioned that, hey, just expect drama to come out of releasing the quarterly assessments. And he was not wrong. He was very right. We had lots of drama, lots of revolutionary talk. And it's been interesting, definitely. This is a little different. So I've been in situations, actually, every company I've worked for, I've had reviews. Part of the process, no big deal. When I came to those companies, the processes were established already. So there was nothing new. It was like, oh, yeah, you don't know because you're just new at the company. Here's how it goes. You just fell in line. And I think where investable a little bit different is, oh, people have been working here for five, six, seven, ten years, whatever. Actually, I don't think we have anybody. We have one person who's been working with us for over since 2009, and that's Gagan. You're like, hmm, who's that? I'm like, Gagan. 
So like people have been working here, some people actually for like seven, eight years. And then, yeah, they've had feedback here and there, not very consistent. And sometimes I'll, I'll take the blame for that. Not very clear feedback. So now it's switching to, oh, well, here it's roles and responsibilities. You actually have to sign on it. And oh, here your peers are going to review your performance. This is shocking to somebody's system because it's comfortable to continue doing whatever you're doing and people resist change. So, yeah. Definitely. So it's been a learning curve and an interesting, and we're not done with everything. I'll report next week to tell you how things went. Khaled, tell us about FigPi. Actually, I just talked to Riza today and he's like, oh, we're rolling out. I was saying, oh, is there a feature in session recording where we can filter by the location? And he's like, actually, we're releasing like geolocation in just like a couple of days. So it was just funny. Yeah. So, so it's fascinating because you always aim for growth. Yes, we want to grow, we want to grow. And and you see it. I mean, MRR triple in the last few months, which is absolutely amazing and exciting. But guess what? You triple MRR, your expenses also triple. And then we're hosted on AWS, a decision that I've made a while back. I don't know if I like it or not, but it is what it is. And we've talked about moving to dedicated servers, self-hosted servers, or host one of the companies, because that's what we used to do in the past. AWS helps us in the fact that if there's a huge load, such as Black Friday, Cyber Monday, years sales, those servers just expand automatically and we don't have to think about it. It's really nice, except that we've kept a couple of our really amazing databases, large databases, the heart of FigPi, and a cluster of servers, actually self-hosted servers. Because we were like, oh, if we move those to AWS, our cost is going to go up by thousands of dollars. Well, guess what happens? Those servers got over. There were so many requests. And usually when you have a cluster of server, one of the goals of having a cluster, so it's multi-server. So if one of the servers like slows down, the other server jumps in. If I say it in a non-technical way, it's all okay. We have enough servers there, but they all get overwhelmed, which meant... Why did they get overwhelmed? So many requests. Is it a specific tool that is overwhelming them? No, the core, not the core function, actually, but... We save the data for about three months. And then after that, we move it into a storage location. So you have to do some process around cleaning the data. It's like, oh, this is a three months old data. Most people are not looking at this data. I don't need to keep it in the server. So let's move it from this server to this server. And I think we've architected the application, the main application really well, because performance is extremely important for us. This process of moving the data from the main servers to the backup servers, it's not a critical process. It's something important for us just to cut our costs. Guess what? You used to move a couple million records per day, and now you're moving about 50 million records per day. And we discovered that that process was not very well optimized. And with the process not very well optimized, you end up hanging up the main server, and then the other server has to kick in. Our users did not see any impact in terms of performance. To them, everything looks fine, but we can see it in the back end. We're like, oh, in order for us to sustain this, we have to throw in more servers. And I'm like, guys, let's fix this. We need to fix it. Long story short, that's what the team has been working on for the last two to three weeks, really optimizing that transfer data. Just to give you an idea, our transfer process used to take about eight and a half hours. Typically, it's about an hour and a half, jumped up to eight and a half hours. And now it's going to be down to less than 30 minutes or millions upon millions of records. So that's the difference where it was not optimized, horrible, and now we fix it. Just a question. Why do you store it and not just delete it? Isn't it better to just delete? So at some point we do delete the data. So after a year, and it depends on the company, after a year we delete the automatically. We don't need to retain it. But some of our plans come with three months retention. Some of our plans six months. Some of our plans a year. Some companies, which is fascinating to me, they actually pay for data storage for two, three years on FigPi. 
Now, we have what we call glacier servers. So those are slower, older, you move the old data to it because you know that most people are not accessing that data. So anyways, the team has been busy with this. We're making a push tomorrow with this new feature, basically, that's going to really ease the process of storage. And after that, there is about like 30 other features that the team is going to be releasing. So the team was on hold to fix this problem because we're like, oh, this can blow up really badly. Users are not noticing it, but eventually they start noticing it. So I'm glad it's done. The other thing, I keep on talking about it, and I'm struggling with it, but I will continue talking about it until eventually we hit it. I want to move into a weekly release plan. Every week there is a new release. And talking to that team, probably since we started this podcast, I keep on talking about it because it really changes the way you do business. Unfortunately, because of the emergency that we've had with the data migration, that has not happened. But that's going to be one of my goals in this quarter to actually get to that point. So I still have two more months to try and achieve that. So lots of discussion around what it would take to get to that point. And by the way, it's doable, but it's a different way of thinking. It requires that mind shift, correct? And again, we just talked about looking at feedback and responsibilities and roles. And when people are used to doing things a certain way, sometimes it's difficult to switch them to a different way. It's even more difficult times, yeah, especially when they get used to it. Exactly. So now I was like, hey, you need to do a weekly release. Oh, no, I can't do it because, like, listen, you can do it. I've been there, done that. I've led much larger teams, 120, 130 engineers, and we've done it. So let's figure this out. The team is small enough and hopefully, like, flexible enough that they should be able to do it. Something else I started working on because I saw investment rules on the responsibilities at Invest. So we are doing the same thing. I'm working on the templates for that before I roll it out to the team, just figuring out, okay, how this is how we need to work through this. It's a bit easier with FigPi because it's like a development. Investment similar roles. You have your specialists and you have your designers and you have your developers and you have your QA and you have your project management and sales and marketing. With FigPi is development and product management. So I'm hoping to roll that out in the next few days. And then finally, while you were relaxing in Cabo, I went to an event in San Diego, Retail Fest in San Diego. This is my first time going to the events. Sort of interesting. I expected the event to be a bit larger. Now, mind you, this is my first time going there, so I don't have the connections, correct? Sometimes you go to an event again and again, you establish relationships and friendships and whatnot. So I was just showing up. I knew probably one other company there. So I was just checking out the conference. Is it even is a good idea for us to apply to speak there, exhibit there. All these are questions that I don't really have clear answers. We sponsored a dinner there. Ask me, I'll tell you, it was expensive. So we shall see. Yeah, hopefully something comes out of it. I mean, in the end, it's like even if one deal comes out, it would have been worth it. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. So I asked a lot is happening at Invest. What are some of the big lessons? You only have one big lesson. I would say that wisdom and restraint are critical to help control displeasure and friction within your company. You got to explain. You can't just throw something like that. No, no, I did explain it. In my update, I said that we had rolled out the quarterly assessments and we had a really like lots of complaints and issues as a result of that. And I think it was interesting because our coach was like, I'm glad you guys didn't take any actions because a lot of other people would have went ahead and just fired this person, fired that person, done this, done that, maybe taken out a more aggressive approach. And, you know, that's not always the right way. So I think it's just always important to have wisdom and restraint and take a step back. It's just interesting just commenting about that because we were talking today about another feedback. Sometimes you give feedback to somebody and they become defensive. Oh, I have not that this. No, it's not that way. And I, uh, 
the one thing that I keep on, even as we go through this process at Invest, I say, listen, there's reality and there's perception. Many times perception matters a lot more than reality, correct? Because that's how people perceive your reality. And if they take it the wrong way, you're talking left, they're talking right, and there's no meeting of the minds and problems happen. So yeah, wisdom and restraint, I, that's... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the perception thing is important because I think people sometimes don't recognize that they're coming off a certain way either. And so when somebody tells you, hey, like you come off as this way, it's important just to be like, oh, okay, like maybe I didn't recognize that and I have to adjust. And what do I do to adjust my behavior in order not to come off this way? Now, it's not always the case, but it's just important to make sure that those conversations are being had. The nice thing about this whole like quarterly assessment thing is that it starts that conversation of, hey, self-growth, self-improvement. That's what we're all going for. We're all in this to grow and improve and hopefully become more specialized in whatever it is that we do. Yeah, I love that. I also have to add something today when we were with the team talking about the feedback and I'm like, yeah. And then maybe that's my big lesson. So I'll mention it. Having that formal written roles and responsibilities and the feedback is very powerful. And I struggle with this problem and I always find what you do is absolutely amazing. You give direct feedback. Hey, this is not the right way. And this, by the way, goes back to personality. You have a very strong personality to say, no, this is not the way we do things over here. This is, we can do better. This is a better approach. Sometimes I am not as clear and direct as you are. And it's funny because somebody was saying, oh, that's a good thing. I'm like, no, that's not a good thing. That's actually a big shortcoming because if I have a manager, I want them to tell me, Khalid, you're doing really well in ABC, but in D and E and F, not so great. So fix it. And that's a problem. So I'll, like, you know, as they were joking about that, I'm like, I had gives the feedback and it's absolutely amazing. But if you can't, so, or you struggle with that, like me, I think written feedback helps because you put it there and this way you can just like skirt around it and not talk about it. When you write, it's easier, correct? And then you're having a meeting about what you wrote. It's better to do that approach. At least that's my thinking and theory about it. We'll see. Yep. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. So big plans for next week, I guess. Got to finish that deck as soon as possible. I'd like to add things that, of course, like showcase the amazing work that we do at Invest and showcase the amazing work that we do at FigPie. So I will definitely make sure to include stuff like that. This week was more of filling the assessments and next week is giving the assessments. So that was going to be a whole other thing. So we'll see. All these issues and problems, by the way, occurred with just the giving of the assessments and people having to fill them out. So they haven't even heard. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last thing is we're working on hiring an assistant project manager. So I will be involved in those interviews. We'll see how that goes. Actually, it's interesting because you interviewed a candidate for assistant project manager. And I don't know that we have other candidates besides that person. No, not at this point. So we need to add more candidates just to make sure. that. Yeah, I just don't want it to just be one person. You know what I'm saying? To select from. So we'll see. How about you? It turns out I'm speaking at PopCon, but that's not until start of March and I'm doing two sessions there. So I had worked on one deck and I'm like, okay, this looks really good. I put a lot of thought into it. And then it turns out I'm speaking at another session and I'm like, oh gosh, that means another deck. And I've already put so much thought into the first one. It's not easy to create a different one. I'm like, oh, it's a different angle, but that transitions. I'm going to be working on that. Yeah. You want to try to speak on a completely different topic or angle so you can provide value. It's not like they heard, oh, I heard this in the last session. Like, that's the thing. That's the challenge. Yeah, I, mean, I think we have enough case studies. and then Oh, we do. We definitely do. It's just a matter of how you present the information. Exactly. 
the other big thing that I'm going to start working on, and it's going to be a joint project between FICPI and Invesp, is a data warehouse for all the classification that you guys are working on. You run like a couple of thousand experiments a year. Each experiment, each project is trying to solve a particular problem on the websites. Now you're coming up with, oh, this problem is XYZ. This problem is ABC. How do you house all of this data in a meaningful way, correct? Where you can pull insights from it. So thinking about the architecture of that and how that would look like. It's going to be an ongoing project, but this is a fascinating project. And I think there's enough team members who are interested in doing something like that. So it'll be fascinating. Then finally, we can afford to hire salespeople at FICPI. So I am seriously looking. Is that what you're looking at first? Or are you thinking of doing another client account manager kind of? Yeah, you're going to find this. So we have the budget. <laughs> we have the budget and we have three roles that we need to fill. And they're all critical. We need a quality assurance person. We desperately need a quality assurance person because we're making it work, but this is difficult. So that's one we need. Quality assurance, sorry, for FigPi code or for like client projects? Uh, for FigPi code, basically. And sometimes there are some companies that use FigPi, the professional services team at FigPi, which is much smaller than what Invesp does, to help them implement some of the AB experiments because their dev team is too busy. We need somebody to QA that code. So it's very critical for us to do that. So that's the QA. We need customer success slash support person. We're getting more and more tickets. And I'll go back to this more and more tickets in a second. And the third role is a salesperson. So just going back to this technical support person. So we had somebody on Shopify come in and install FigPi. Great. They install FigPi. They open a ticket and they're using the free version of FigPi. Okay. They open a support tickets because they're trying to make a whole bunch of A-B tests. And I felt it was embezzlement because we're like, hey, you're asking us really to code the experiment on your behalf. The lady didn't have a clue on how to code the experiment. So we give her guidance once and twice. And then I wake up in the morning. I look at like, you know, oh, there's a new feedback on Shopify. One out of five. And I'm like, one out of five? So I'm like going through and I'm like, my God, there's like 17 responses that have given her the code. And at the end, she's upset. And I'm like, dude, you recognize what you're doing? You're not even paying for this? I was annoying because we end up actually coding the experiment for her, literally, where we said, what's just so that she can remove negative review. Yeah, but I think, but anyways, yeah, go ahead. No, I wish there was a better way to explain to like, you know, Shopify is like, hey guys, this is really not reasonable. And I don't know what the answer to that is. I'm like, okay, we'll do this. Isn't there a way that you can respond to bad reviews on Shopify? I don't know, actually, but I didn't want all of our reviews are four or five star. Oh. I understand, but even if there's one, but you get a chance, like, and the person is unreasonable and you respond and you show like, hey, look, you sent these tickets. We're not going to code an experiment for you. It just goes back to showing like that this tool is not made for some smaller companies. And I think you need to think about that a lot. I'd like to, but at the same time, if you don't have a good development team, it's really difficult to run an A-B test program. And there are professional services that are offered by FigPi, so take them up on it. But a lot of these smaller companies are unwilling to pay, and yet they expect the sun and the moon to be delivered. I just don't agree with yeah. that. We resolved that issue. That's perhaps another for another episode, but that's one of the reasons we increased the pricing for FigPi, where we said, you know what? If you're too small and you cannot afford to pay, even like our lowest level is $150, probably we're not a good fit because we can't provide support to anyone and everyone. It's just, but I think it's going to be a busy week next week, a busy quarter. So super excited. And of course, Liverpool is playing some soccer matches. So I shall do that. As a matter of fact, we're going to finish from here. We're going to go watch Liverpool versus Chelsea. Hopefully we win and we stay top of the league. You never rock alone. Awesome. Well, Thank you, everyone, 
for listening to us and for joining us on our journey. And until next time. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode from Bootstrapped. If you learned something new from this podcast or got some useful insights, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a review. Until next time.